Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. So that you're clear, we're following a bunch of stories today, including uh, Chandler police officer involved in... It's still not 100% clear what it was. The officer uh, is has non-life-threatening injuries. There's a suspect dead. Uh, that's about the long and short of it. We're working on details with that. Also, the coronavirus rearing its ugly head right here in the Valley. And uh, some more on Kobe Bryant. Some more of those thoughts. But we'll start with this. Was it a week and a half ago? I can't even keep it straight. Yeah. Because seriously, the news of Friday feels like, I don't know, was (laughs) it October? Yeah. Especially today. So as is pretty much the norm, uh, as you walk around the halls of Congress, um, first off, you know, you've got the actual Capitol, right? Right across the street are the offices for congressmen. Congress persons and senators, um, they have to walk up and down the halls, and it's a public building. You've got reporters yeah, standing in there. That's where reporters stick microphones in front of their You've face. You've seen sure. these hallways. Senator McSally was walking down the yeah. hallway to to her office. You guys have heard this by now, right? Remember this? Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Man, you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. Yeah, yeah, the, the liberal hack, man. You know, she sold T-shirts on it and she fundraised off of it because I thought it, the timing was interesting, Bruce. This was Friday. This was a Thursday. We were out at um, mm-hmm. uh, Barrett Jackson. Yeah, Barrett Jackson when this had happened. And at first I was like, wow, how does that serve her? But then, I, you know, I quickly changed my mind. And go, you know what? This was by design. She's doing this to fundraise. Wasn't by Mark accident. Mark Kelly is beating her butt when it comes to fundraising mm-hmm. and she needed to get some attention. She got it. She's fundraised off of it. But I think that this is this is where it it changed for me. I get what she's doing. It's politics. I don't like it, but I can see it for what it is. She has got an an op-ed piece, an opinion piece that is out right now. The headline of this, and I want you to react, Bruce. Ready? I'm ready. The headline on this is, I didn't attack that CNN reporter when I called him a liberal hack. I spoke the truth. Oh, for God's sakes. That's her reaction? Yeah, just more stupidity coming out of her mouth. So she's doubling down on being dumb. Um, Not surprising in any way, shape, or form, because she has thrown her lot in with the, I didn't say that, um, uh, the, I didn't mean that, and uh, uh, they're all out to get me, I'm a victim, woe is me. Yeah, in this article, she says, frankly... As a combat veteran who survived situations where foggy communications could get people killed, thank you for your service, Senator McSally, I didn't have time for the language games they expect you to play in Washington. I had a reputation in the military for speaking candidly, sometimes in an edgy way, and often on what others were thinking but not saying out loud. Hey, you know what? Listen, in a time of war, in, in, in a time of combat... I, can I appreciate that salty aspect. language. Maybe I don't even care about the salty yeah. language. You and I have salty language. No, the bluntness, and 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 I, I commend you for that. I think that that's a tremendous asset to you, Senator McSally. What I don't like in this piece is saying like, how dare someone, a woman perhaps, lash out at a reporter like that? The pearl clutching was over the top. She claims. I like this. I like this because what she's trying to tap into there is the gender differences Mm. that I know exist. That 
she was just speaking the truth, then any guy could have said it, and she, they wouldn't have been, you know, taken to task no, like her. this isn't That's a guy-girl thing. No, 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 because here's the deal. You can say something, and I could say it exactly the same way, and because I'm a chick, people don't like it. And that is the fact of the matter. You may not like, you know what? I may say something, Bruce, that people think is nasty, but when you say it, it's confident. Ouch. In the workplace, I may come across, because I'm a chick, as angry. You come across as confident. Hmm. If, if, and women see, know what I'm what talking about here. Like, you know what? But you're not mm. saying this is an example no, of that. No, but that happens. But she's trying when, to when make woman, it into that. You know, when a woman uh, is taking her time to make a decision in the office, you know what? She's indecisive. But if a guy is taking his time, well, he's getting all the facts. That double standard exists. Uh-huh. Exists in the workplace. Do not try to paint your, yes, lashing out, yes, inappropriately, yes, at a reporter that asked Asked a decent question in that same light. You are doing every woman a disservice by doing that. She would have something of an argument if it was Manu Raju, was it not? Was he reporter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he had been belligerent, if he had used blunt, salty, foul language, if he was being inappropriate in any way, shape or form, you could make the argument she responded in kind. No, her response was abs- had nothing to do with his question. She was going to respond that if he asked her what she had for lunch that day, this is an obvious ploy from a desperate politician. The other aspect about this, Bruce, and, and, and I understand it, you know, news has changed. And you and I are paid to have opinions, but because we're on the talk side of the news business. But there has been a line that has been blurred between the the talk side or like the talking heads on cable news yeah. and the news product. The news product is the who, what, where, why, when, how. Bah. Just the facts, okay? You and I give perspective and give opinion. And that's what, you know, you have other, like Hannity, right? He, he's a talking head. He gives opinions, okay? That's what he gets Anderson to Cooper do. is an opinion. That is not Manu Raju. No, he's a reporter. He, Asked a legitimate question. Had he come at it with a an extreme liberal stance, I can't even fathom what that may be, but I'm sure there's an example out there somewhere. He asked a legitimate question. If he came at it with a political bias and she responded that way, then I'd say, you know what, touche, Senator McSally, but that's not what happened. No. In fact, listen to the question one more time. This is a question that several other Republican senators had been asked in that very hallway leading up to this exchange with Manu Raju. Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? It's a question that any reporter could ask. You there is ask- no slant to it. No, well, you could give a yes or no answer. And, and to respond with, man, you're a liberal hack. No, it's not relevant to the no. question. Now, you may not like the, the, the station that he works for. And does CNN definitely have a, a, a liberal lean to it? Yeah. Absolutely. CNN used to be in the middle between, in my opinion, MSNBC on the left and Fox News on the right. There was a period of time where CNN was kind of in the middle. They have shown their colors. They're more liberal now than they ever have been before. And so I understand where Martha way is coming. Maybe not as far as MSNBC, but down that path. But in this op-ed that has been published by the Arizona Republic, where you have Senator Martha McSally saying, uh, I spoke the truth. 
No, it's an opinion, and you're more than entitled to it. But just because it's your opinion doesn't make it the truth. Yeah. Well, again, I think you're going to see more desperation uh, as uh, all of the polling data continues to show she's behind, that the fundraising numbers are skewed in favor of the D in this race for Senate, and the demographics are not playing very well uh, on the McSally side of the fence. So some more of these stunts and some more of these things to uh, uh, pander to uh, a base, an ever-shrinking base, I would expect more of from her. She's certainly not trying to grow or her voter base by any stretch of the imagination. The coronavirus is now here. And by here, I mean the Valley. By here, I mean Tempe. And we're learning some more, dare I say, disturbing information about it. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It's the latest health concern, dare I say, scare the coronavirus. With its, um, what do you want to call it, Uh, ground zero in China, Wuhan City, the the state of Hubei. Um, But we now have the fifth confirmed case of the coronavirus right here in Arizona. Yeah, so what we know about this, it's a person... That's affiliated with the Arizona State University community. Now, does that mean uh, an educator? Does that mean somebody who works there? Does that mean it's a student? We don't know. We're not getting that information yet. But we've been told that this individual has traveled to that city and that province and come back to the United States, became symptomatic, and is being treated. Went went to the... uh you know, the clinic saying I have the flu type thing. Oh, the clinic, the hospital, I don't right. know where and, they and, went. And as part of the screening, they would have said, well, have you been to China? Yeah, why? I just came back from Wuhan. And then, like, you know, the bells get the whistles. Auga, right. okay. Yeah, right. absolutely. And we're also learning that this can be transmitted to other people that you come in close contact with. That's the other thing. Define close contact. Hmm. Because close contact for measles means you can walk into a room hours after somebody who has the measles has been in that, and and it can be transmitted. It's highly contagious. We haven't gotten like a definitive answer as to, we know it's it's highly contagious, but to what capacity? We're only being told close contact. Does close contact mean, you know, I sat next to them at the movie theater? Or does close contact mean I went to a restaurant that they were in an hour ago? We don't know yet. And I think that that's what freaks people out, Bruce, is so much of the unknown. We're seeing these numbers just explode. Banned yeah. in China. In fact, we have some new information out of Beijing. Yeah, that they had their first confirmed death. And this is not in this province. That's been where locked down. That's been locked down. Also, and again, keep in mind, China is still a pseudo-socialist government. Commun- I mean, you know what I'm saying? They're kind of like, they, they're kind of into capitalism. But believe me, at the top, they're still not voting for president. Um China suspended all tour groups and the sale of flight and hotel packages for any of its citizens headed overseas. So China just told every Chinese citizen, you can't leave China. Yeah, that's where it starts to feel. But that's where, again, doesn't that feel different from other scares we've had? Or should they have behaved like this in past scares and they've learned from them? Okay. I don't know. 
Is, uh, I, I don't know. And how this plays out, I'm not exactly sure. But what we do know is the fifth confirmed case of coronavirus in the United States is right here in Maricopa County in Tempe, Arizona. I think that freaks some people out. Uh-huh. So Dr. Kara Chris, again, with the Arizona Department of Health Services, we've been trying to get somebody from that department on because Important. it's newsworthy. I know that there You're are people here. that are quite concerned. So I think that there is an, an obligation for them to talk about this. And I know they've talked to our newsroom. And so we'll play those cuts right now until we have the opportunity to ask them some of our own questions. And here's what Dr. Kara Chris had to say about how you can protect yourself, right? Because a lot of people are asking, what can I do? Get your flu vaccine vaccine to protect you from influenza, and then make sure that you're washing your hands frequently, that you avoid touching your mouth, nose, or eyes, that you're uh, coughing or sneezing into the sleeve of your shirt or into a tissue and making sure that gets thrown away, and staying home with your sick when you are sick, because that will prevent you from spreading any respiratory illness to others. Yeah, and like the flu, we've got like 12,000 confirmed cases of the flu here, so what's the coronavirus and what's the flu? I got a question for you. Oh, God. No, no, no. so as I was reading up on this all mm-hmm. weekend, because you and I had talked about it last week, just the the unprecedented shutdown of this Tens Wuhan of province. millions of people. Put it into perspective. It's the entire population of Canada, folks. Right. Okay. Being There's told, other quarantine. They can't stay leave. inside. So I was reading stories about how, you know, the United States has people working in an official capacity in this province. Yes. And so does France. Sure. I'm sure there are other countries, but these are the two countries, the United States and France, that are trying to get chartered flights into this area to get their people out. Yes. Where do they go when you get them out? Interesting. Are you, are you I, I got to believe them? they're going to be quarantined. For how long? That I don't know. Because then we know, again, you can have this. You can have this virus, not show any symptoms, None. and still spread it. We now have confirmed confirmed cases in Australia, Malaysia, Nepal, Vietnam, Singapore, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Thailand, France, and here in the United States. Yeah, but I'm sure we have like confirmed cases of the flu as well. So I'm trying to get perspective on this. Beca- but, but your point of you could be a you could be infected. Yeah. And you could be infecting others but have no idea and show no outward symptoms is the concern. Listen, we all know that if you're you got a temperature of 105 and you're sneezing, God, go see a doctor. Get out of here. Don't you know what I'm saying? But it's the person or persons who appear perfectly normal who say, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad right now. Granted, I haven't been to Wuhan, China recently. But you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's what scares people. Yeah. And I think that as we learn more, because we will. Listen, we will. We've got reporters working this story here in the Valley because just knowing that this is a person involved with the ASU community, frankly, is not enough. No. I want to know more. Um, I don't need to know the person's name, but I want to know what what their capacity at the university is, where they've been, how, how long, long have they've they been, been back, back in the United States, how many other people they what, come in contact, with? how many have anybody else has anybody else been tested here in Maricopa County? There are so many questions Agreed. that we are working to get you answers to because we know you have those same questions. Yeah. <sighs> where do we go with this? Yeah, can we just breathe? <laughs> uh, Tell you what. We've got some more on Kobe Bryant, including the legacy left behind and the connection to Devin Booker. That's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. 
KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Joining us right now on our KTAR Newsmaker line is the former owner of the Phoenix Suns, as, as well as someone who was intimately involved in USA basketball for so long and worked side by side with Kobe Bryant, Mr. Jerry Colangelo. Mr. Colangelo, good morning morning certainly a difficult time for a lot of folks and those of of you that are are so connected and and involved in basketball i i I really can't imagine um how much how 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 much this hurts yeah it was uh it was a brutal day yesterday to get the news one that we wanted to believe was a, a bad dream or a mistake uh and was misinformation but um Lo and behold, just a, a few minutes after the first uh, indication, it was verified that uh, Kobe had died, and along with his daughter and, and seven others. And it was a tragic day, a tragic loss for uh, his wife and his two other daughters, three other daughters, and uh, the NBA and the sports world uh, in general. He was a uh, he was a giant in his profession, chosen profession, one of the greatest of all time to play the game. And it was a blessing that I had to be associated with him in some capacity for 24 of his 41 years. And he lived a very full 41 years, but it's a tragic loss. Mr. Colangelo, yeah, you, you, you've had experience with him for, for those years in a variety of different ways. I mean, um, when you were with the Suns, you had that rivalry. And then with the uh, USA Basketball, you had that kinship. Walk us mm-hmm. through those two, the dynamics of those sure. two different types of sure. relationships. Well, the first, first uh, story would start when he was 17, a, se- a senior in high school and making the decision to go directly into the NBA draft. Um, we were drafting 14th in that uh, upcoming draft, and we had Kobe in for a workout, and it was one of the great workouts we've ever had of any player wow. in any year. Um, and we felt we had a great shot to get him at number 14, predicated on our knowledge of what people were thinking of doing ahead of us. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Lakers, and I give credit to Jerry West for making the deal. He traded uh, his center, Lottie Devots, to Charlotte for their first-round pick. So he jumped ahead of us, and that's how he became a Laker. Uh, he came that close to becoming a son. Yeah, so you're um, saying you would have taken Kobe, no doubt, uh, uh, with your first-round pick? No doubt. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, predicated on what we had seen, but we... We were, again, fortunate and blessed with having someone like Steve Nash available uh, when it was our turn at 14, and that turned out to be fine, but close but no cigar with Kobe. Uh, Over the years, he beat us like a drum as he developed his game and became one of the greats, Um, and all you could do was, was admire, you know, what he was accomplishing. He was getting better and better and he was so focused, so committed to the game to being the very best, and he became that. And so um, fast forward a little bit to 2007, I believe, when um, 
Um, he came to Phoenix after scoring 81 points in the game to break a big-time record, and uh, the the Lakers came in to play the Suns, and he came to my office, and we were going to talk about him participating uh, on the Olympic roster. And I wanted to uh, egg him on a little bit, and I said, Kobe, if you're going to be with us, I want you to know we may change your role rather than a scorer we may make you a distributor. <laughs> and he got a smile on his face, and he said, uh, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I just want to be part of it. Mm. And uh, and then, of course, when we started training camp uh, subsequently, um, he came in early. He was the first guy in the, in the weight room at 5.30, a quarter to six in the morning, and Players like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Carmelo Anthony and others all followed him. He just took the lead. Mm. They they wanted to follow him. And uh, in our first workout in terms of scrimmaging, there was a loose ball 30 seconds into our first scrimmage. And he dove headfirst um, uh, for the ball, which again, by demonstrating his desire and his commitment he led again uh, and when we finally got to uh, to China in the final game against Spain without Kobe I don't think we would have won the gold medal mm-hmm. he came through in the clutch he made some big shots and um, and then of course he repeated uh, you know I had an eight-year stretch with him and uh, for two Olympic teams and uh, it was it was unbelievable. He was a great guy. I got to know him reasonably well. I had great respect for him, and um, I'm just very, very sad. We're talking again to former Suns owner Jerry Colangelo. Mr. Colangelo, I know you talked about you know actually having a workout, seeing this this kid coming out of high school. I think maybe some people forget Kobe came directly out of high school into the pros. Uh, no college for him, but he wasn't your average high schooler was he not not just in terms of basketball i've heard a lot of people talk about kind of the maturity or the composure of a high school senior getting ready to turn pro did you see some of that in his workout with him in the interviews you had for sure for sure he was uh, he was already a man you know at 17 a young man obviously but i think his upbringing had a great deal to do with it his father um he, his nickname was Jellybean. Uh, Jellybean Bryant played uh, six or eight years in the NBA and spent time in uh, Europe playing in Italy. And, of course, that's where Kobe spent his early years. So he he was already an international, a young guy, learning a duf- different language. He became fluent in Italian, by way of example. And, you know, so he was no you know, kid from the uh, the, the wealthy part of town uh, at 17. He was a guy who had already been seasoned, if you will, mm. and that led to his maturity on the court. Mr. Colangelo, one last question for you. Everybody knows the basketball accolades that come along with Kobe Bryant and what he was able to accomplish on the court, not just as, you know, a Laker, but, but also for those gold medals that you were a part of as well. On a personal side... What's the one thing that you're going to remember about him? Um, that he was an incredible competitor, um, and I admired the fact that he had such an illustrious career and set it aside after 20 years and started all over again, wanting to become the best father, the best husband, 
that he possibly could be to make up for lost time. And then also to start this new career in terms of a business um, background. And he was well on his way to uh, becoming as as successful in the business world. And, of course, that was all snuffed out. But more importantly, the thing that is the worst of all is that his wife and um, three other daughters are left behind. Here, here. Mr. Colangelo, thank you for your time today. We sincerely appreciate you sharing some of your stories and uh, how close Kobe might have come to being a, a Phoenix Suns player. Didn't realize that. Yeah, I knew I the, the Lakers cheated for Charlotte. Char- he yeah. almost became a Charlotte Hornet. But I think that what Mr. Colangelo said there at the end is something we all need to remember. Is that there's a wife and there are daughters and family members who are mourning as well that have been left behind. Not to forget about them either. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Again, thank you very much to Jerry Colangelo for sharing some of his thoughts. Completely overshadowed by everything. Last night, the Grammys went on. By the way, in the building. Quote, unquote, that Kobe built. You know what I'm saying? In the Staples Center. In the Staples Center. But allegations that the Grammys are rigged. We'll talk about those. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. So you're a tough guy like you. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Can I just say that I think Ariana deserves this? <laughs> Thank you, Next got me through some And I think it deserves, like, more than anything in the world. I love you so much. All righty. Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish winning last night. One yeah, big, setting, right? Uh, yeah, setting records. It was a record-making night for her. Winning Best New Artist, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, that right there, Song of the Year. She also took home the Best Pop Vocal Album for a total of five Grammys. Um, so the Grammys were last night, and certainly overshadowed by a lot of the other news going on, I think, it's fair to say. Plus, I think awards shows in general kind of uh, ebb and flow. You're either into it or you're not. Um in a previous life, Pamela, I would have spent the entire weekend running around. Why you is know. that, Bruce? Well, no, working in the music business exactly. is a big weekend in L.A. Sure, sure. Grammy weekend. You would have gone to Clive Davis's party on Saturday night. There's a lot of get for, for those that are unaware, Bruce used to work in the Back music in the industry. Back okay, in the... Not the talk, but the music. Got it. Yeah. And um, and I, I've been to more Grammys than I can, I can count. Having said that, um, recently... The president of the Recording Academy, used to be called the Recording Academy Arts and Sciences or whatever, but this is the people that put on the Grammy, Yeah, was fired, removed. Just like weeks before the Grammys. Literally just a couple weeks ago. Why was she fired? Well, uh, there were allegations that um, she had uh, created a hostile work environment, had been inappropriate, and that there were employees inside that had complained about her. Upon her removal and the subsequent back and forth, she is now claiming a variety of things, um, including sexual assault uh, perpetrated on her, as well as the fact that from the inside, the Grammys are rigged. So this is pretty fascinating. Um, in, In December, she filed a complaint with HR. According to her, she says that the Academy, the Recording Academy, has been a hotbed for racism, that it has misogynistic behaviors, and it has been a good old boys club. Three weeks later, she was put on 
paid leave. Yeah. Okay. And so you're wondering right now, is is this all coming out as a scorned employee trying to get back? Could, could be. And is there some truth to what she's saying about sexual harassment of her and an allegation of rape against the guy who was running the whole thing before her? And she says that the Grammys are rigged. So how are they rigged? So there are you can be a member of the Recording Academy and and that goes to like performers, producers, etc. Yeah, there's a qualification process, mm-hmm. right? She says that those people make nominations. Now you don't know what other nominations people might make. So they go into she says the board then gets together and goes over those nominations. And the board members are able to add their own or ignore any that come in. A board that consists of people who have direct financial interests in some of those very artists. And a a conflict of interest. And winning a Grammy, even being nominated for a Grammy, can spike sales, concert tickets. And if if you're a producer, you're a Grammy award-winning producer, you charge a hell of a lot more per song than guy who's never won the Grammy. I don't know if this is such a huge bombshell to find out that those that are on the committees that have personal or business relationships are trying to get an advantage for those that they have personal and business relationships with. What does it say about me that I just think that this is how it works? Yeah, I mean... Listen, it's all subjective to begin with, so how, right. how could you ever prove it one way or the other? That song's better than that song. But the allegations that it's rigged from the inside? Yeah, I, I would only put it this way. What do you think is not rigged from the inside? Let's work that and go backwards. <laughs> Might be a little easier these days. A new book sheds some evidence into what Trump did or didn't do when it came to the Ukraine. We're talking about it next.